day 65 of the story that changes everything. Our readings for today launch us into the sixth book of the Bible, the book of Joshua, with chapters 1 through 3 and Psalm 27 as our readings for today. Here's some thoughts to guide your reading. The book of Joshua is a bit of a hinge book in the Old Testament. On the one hand, the book completes the story of the Exodus and the Torah by getting the people finally into the Promised Land. But on the other hand, it launches the history of Israel in the land and later into the exile. There are three major theological themes in the book. First, God keeps his promises. The establishment of the people in the land is the fulfillment of the promises that God had made with Abraham and Jacob and Moses. Second, God fights for and protects his people. God will not only lead the people into the land, but he will be their warrior and protector. And third, God works synergistically with, in, and through human beings. The book is named for the primary leader, Joshua, who took leadership after Moses, but it is God and God's activity that is the primary character in the story. The first chapter serves as a thematic reprise of the book of Deuteronomy. It picks up right where Deuteronomy, and for that matter, where the book of Numbers left off. In verses 1 through 9 of chapter 1, we get the opening speech to Joshua from God. It's a command to go invade, and it's a promise of victory. Four times in the chapter, the command is repeated, Be strong and courageous. Notice how that particular command is used as bookends in verses 7 and 9, and in between are commands about how the people have to keep the law. Although God will talk to Joshua, the revelation of the Torah was complete with the life of Moses. Joshua would lead the people as a people of the law, not as a prophetic voice adding more to the Torah. In verses 10 through 15, Joshua commands the people to get ready and go. Notice that in verse 11, he commands them to prepare their supplies or provisions rather than weapons. This may remind us that the emphasis of the book will be upon God's work and God's creative protection, but it's also a reminder that they will no longer be living by bread or manna in the wilderness. They have to bring their own provisions. Also notice that in verses 12 through 15, Joshua addresses the two and a half tribes who are staying on the non-promised land side of the Jordan, the Transjordan. God is going to care for them, but their fighting men, as they promised earlier, will go and lead the way into battle and help the other tribes be established in the land. In the last three verses of the chapter, verses 16 through 18, the people respond enthusiastically. They too join with God to encourage Joshua to be brave and strong. In chapter 2, Joshua sends out two spies secretly. Actually, the word in Hebrew could also mean skillfully or strategically. But he sends two spies into the land to see what the people should expect, especially from nearby Jericho. In Jericho, they find lodging with Rahab, who will be part of the genealogy of Jesus. She's described in the text as a prostitute. There's a good deal of scholarly debate about whether this word would better be translated as innkeeper or perhaps sacred prostitute, but given the way the text deals with her faith and transformation, it seems likely that in this case, 
When the men encounter Rahab and are lodged and protected by her, she is a common prostitute living on the margins of the society of Jericho. But her brave actions in hiding the spies, her dramatic statement of faith in Yahweh, and her description of the fear that has come to possess the people in the land, they all seem to be not only the source of her eventual salvation, but it's all that the spies needed to see and to hear in order to immediately go back and report to Joshua. The two spies not only set up a promise with Rahab, but they arrange a sign. The scarlet cord displayed in her window, which has echoes of the blood of the lamb marking the house of the Israelites during the Passover, will be all the sign that the Israelites need to spare Rahab and her family when they come and invade the land. Chapter 3 begins the narrative that recounts the crossing of the Jordan. It's a dramatic story told slowly and powerfully by the narrator. There are three things to note. First, there is the leading of the people by God's presence associated with the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark goes out in front of the people, who must stay about a half a mile behind it. God will be present with the people, and yet God is still mysterious, holy, and transcendent. Second, this is the moment of public elevation for Joshua as the key leader of Israel. Although very different from Moses in both good and bad ways, this episode endows Joshua with much of the spiritual and moral authority that was given to Moses earlier. And third, much of that authority given to Joshua happens because of all the ways this story echoes Moses leading the people out of Egypt and through the Red Sea. Although a great deal of the language and action is the same, the settings are very different. Moses led the people out of bondage, but Joshua is leading them now into the land. For Moses, the enemy, Pharaoh and his armies, were chasing God's people into the sea. In Joshua's case, the challenging nations await Israel on the other side of the water. No enemies are chasing the people of God into the Jordan River, but they are crossing opposite Jericho, where some serious threats await. The psalm for today, Psalm 27, is perfectly aligned with these stories from Joshua. It even ends with the refrain, Be strong, let your heart take courage. One could almost imagine the people singing the psalm as they journeyed behind the ark, leading them into an uncertain but hope-filled future. Here's a little bit of Psalm 27. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Should I fear anyone? The Lord is a fortress protecting my life. Should I be frightened by anything? When evildoers come at me trying to eat me up, it's they, my foes and my enemies, who stumble and fall. If an army camps against me, my heart won't be afraid. If war comes up against me, I will continue to trust in this. I've asked one thing from the Lord. It's all I seek to live in the Lord's house all the days of my life, seeing the Lord's beauty and constantly adoring his temple, because he will shelter me in his own dwelling during troubling times. He will hide me in a secret place in his own tent. He will set me up high, safe on a rock. Now my head is higher than the enemies surrounding me, and I will offer sacrifices in God's tent, sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing praise to the Lord. Hope in the Lord. Be strong. Let your heart take courage. Hope in the Lord. Well, here we go, getting our feet wet with Joshua and the Israelites, or I guess I should say, keeping our feet dry. Read these opening chapters of Joshua carefully, looking for things you've never seen before. 
Journal your thoughts, your prayers, and your questions. And be strong. Let your heart take courage. The Lord is right out in front of us, leading the way. We keep the journey going with tomorrow's text, Joshua chapters 4 through 6. I'll talk to you tomorrow.